Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, it's Saturday morning. The shorts are up, the mouth guard is in, and the oranges are cut. That means it's time for Chris Taylor and HG Nelson to hook into a winning grin on We Was Robbed. Yes, good morning, robbers, right around the world. From Rio de Janeiro, it is a, uh, a buenos dias from myself, Chris Taylor, joined, as always, ringside by HG Nelson as we enter... Well, it's sort of the end of week one of competition in Rio, and is it too early to say this is the best games ever? Well, I certainly think it's uh, up there. At the moment, Australia is sitting on, uh, well, 17 medals, uh, five gold, five silver, seven bronze. But that's the good news. The bad news is overnight, other nations have overtaken us slightly. Germany, Korea, South Korea, that is, and Great Britain seem to have overtaken us. And so we're now seventh. Uh, when I went to bed last night, I think we were fourth, and we've come in seventh. And But one good bit of news is for our Matildas is Sweden, in a penalty shootout, have knocked out the Americans. The Americans, uh, you might recall, this were our... in the women's uh, football. Women's football. And the Americans were very, uh, what we call it, uh, dominant over Australia, the Matildas, in their opening round of their pool matches. But now we're moving into the uh, penalty... Sorry, the uh, elimination, uh, the um, sudden death. Mm. And it's good that uh, America aren't there anymore. Of course, Sweden played fairly well. Now, actually, to what extent should Australians waking up this morning regard the medal tally board as as the ultimate measure of a country's success in the Olympics? Is, well, it, you is it like you the should. scoreboard in a, in a football game? Is, 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 and if it is, what's the best strategy for Australia to really boost their position on that board? Do you just sort of focus on bronze? Can you boost your placings by just going bronze heavy and doing it bit by bit? Or put all your eggs in the gold basket? What's your, what's your advice to the Well, others? look, I think we've got to go bronze now. Yeah. Uh, I think we're doing pretty well in, strategy. in your uh, fourth Fifth and sixth, I think we're doing incredibly oh, well. If they handed out points for fifth and sixth, Australia would be leading. I know. Now, now, look, uh, I think they were hoping. This is the. I don't want to speak on the AOC's behalf. They can do it much more eloquently than I can. Mm. That they were hoping to beat London, obviously, which I think was eight gold, and then they were going to double London and get up to about sixteen gold. How many are we at the moment? Five. Okay, and so a bit of work to do. Two in the pool. We've and we're got... strong always in week one because we're exactly. such a swimming nation. So for only five. Of the end of week one, I think there's a bit of work to do for our athletes, well, the track and field athletes. Yes, indeed there is. Now, look, we've got two chances left in the swimming. As nearly as I can tell, there's 50. The women's 50. Uh, I don't think we now have a starter in the final of the men's 50, but the women's 50 uh, has the two Campbell, Campbell sisters, sisters still going, and we do have the 1,500 metres as dry powder. The uh, the men's 1,500 with Mac Horton. Mac Horton, The golden right. boy, Mac. Um, look, so many issues to get through. We'll get through a lot of Olympic materials. Uh, Material in the next two hours here on We Was Rob. Plus, in a break from Olympic chatter, are we going to be talking circuses? Uh, the um, oh, the uh, the flying fruit fly circus is holding auditions soon for kids. So if, if uh, you think you've got a somersault in you, or an acrobat in you, or a contortionist maybe somewhere lurking in the household, uh, stick around on uh, the show this morning because we're going to tell you how you can audition for that. All that and more coming up on We Was Robbed. That was the foghorn of football fun on the pirate ship. We was robbed. All aboard! 
Yes, uh, Chris, and one of the highlights for mine was the Fiji 7 win in the uh, the rugby. Uh, look, This uh, is Fiji's first Olympic gold ever. And the first for a South Pacific nation, and I think the first medal ever for a South Pacific nation. So it's wow. uh, an incredible yeah. moment. And the pictures of, uh, you know, fun from Fiji that came through as everybody was watching the rugby oh, yeah. final uh, were just something to behold. And, and the extraordinary thing is they did it without Jared Hayne. <laughs> I mean, I know that's people said it couldn't be done. They said you need the Hain plane. No, that's as your secret right. ingredient, as your winged keel, as it were. But they said no. We've got a team. We're pretty confident they can win gold, and they did. And there's a great story about the coach who realised the two things that were holding the Fijian rugby back was the use of the mobile phone and the idea that you could eat as much as you like when you went to away to training camps and to uh, play in competitions. Is that right? Well, the difficulty is is that the... Or you um, can eat strategy, like the yeah. diet regime. Well, he said, listen... Uh, Fijians, if you want to win this, don't eat all you can eat. Mm. Uh, because obviously yeah. it does make you slower when you uh, come out yeah. of the blocks. Uh, look, I thought it was a fantastic uh, competition and made more interesting because Australian women's team, the uh, Pearls, won the women's rugby mm. and uh, it, with a similar dominance. Uh, you know, the, the Australian team, which recruited um, runners and touch footy players from other competitions and build a team specifically right. to take on the Olympics. And they uh, beat uh, the Kiwis in the final. Now, New Zealand obviously very strong in rugby union traditionally, men's and women's. And so just a tremendous result for the Pearls there, wasn't it? That's right. And they're all, for instance, there was a lot of them, a lot of the key players have running backgrounds and, uh, you know, are dominant runners in their own right, you know, outside. Well, is it too late to get union? them berths in the athletics meet uh, in the second week of Rio? If they're all runners, they're already got, you know, they've, they've got gold fever, I presume. They've had a taste. Can we quickly get them a berth in the 800 metres track? Well, I hope so. The one odd spin-off from this is I was watching something last night as you do, uh, flicking around the dial, and there was an item about how the Sixers, uh, Sixers Sydney Sixers might have been, but the Big Bash teams oh, yeah. are recruiting softball players and hockey players right. to try out for cricket because they have that hand-eye coordination or hand-stick coordination. Trouble is, it didn't look very convincing yet, yeah, but right. they've got a way to go. Early days. Early days, yeah. But so this this uh, picking up players who may have retired from one sport or done very successfully in one sport coming over to yeah. another uh, is going to be a thing of the future, well, I think. And, and can we have like cross-gender uh, sporting selections? So like our women, very strong in the women's sevens rugby. Our Wallabies, our men's team, not doing so great at the moment. Is there any talk of maybe recruiting some of the women who who do have gold around their necks and maybe, you know, I can see them going up against the next Bledisloe Cup? Well, the uh, the, uh, number seven, uh, Charlotte Kaslick, uh, for the uh, Pearls would... I think slot right here. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, Australian Wallabies, uh, a brilliant uh, playmaker and a great reader of the play, mm. and take, makes those uh, the difficult. Of course, is making split decisions in fractions of seconds. She's got it down. Oh, she's got it down. Pat. That's excellent. Now, can I just come to the parents of the uh, Matildas? Proud as punch. Proud as punch, and not ce- not uh, celebrating with a glass of punch, but uh, apparently before the playoffs, as in. Uh, you know, before they left Australia, there was a gathering, and they all decided. This is the parents, not the uh, the players. The parents they were going to get some. What's described in the newspaper here is some commemorative ink. Uh, so, kids in the back of the car. Imagine if you uh, win this week's 
are, well, win the competition this week, that your parents might be gathering together with a bit of commemorative ink in mind. Uh, we had Big Family Day in Sydney. All the parents got together and celebrated as they do, Alicia Quirk said, and they all promised each other that they'd get tattoos if their daughters won gold. Wow. There was a bit of hesitation when people brought it up last night. This is obviously in Rio, but uh, <clears throat> what they do is up to them. <laughs> oh, so there's no, they're not prescribing what sort of tat they get? No, well, you see... They'd have to be Rio-flavoured, wouldn't yeah, it? Like would... you kind of Christ the Redeemer Whoa. down the backside? Or, <laughs> or, or, or I don't know, or, or the Olympic rings? Yes. Uh, maybe a, just a, what, is a football? Is it a Gilbert? What do they use in rugby? No, Gilbert, Gilbert yes, yeah. that's right. Yes, very good. Um, look... I'm not sure. I think that would be something that uh, we could uh, maybe get some information from the audience about. What sort what of tat, tat should they get? Yeah, what tat, what idea, what what something about the Olympics that you've seen that suggests, you know... And, and let there be no restrictions on the imagination here. Like, mm. I assume Rio's blessed with some of the finest tattoo artists in the world. So if you wanted to, like, paint or ink a whole tableau, like a, like a snapshot of one moment in the game... Like maybe the tri- a try, something like that, or a lovely field goal. Love to hear your thoughts on this this morning. What ink should the Rugby Sevens parents, parents. get? 0437 is the SMS line. 0437 Text now. That very awkward silence is the sound of losing. Seldom heard on We Was Robbed. Yes, live from Rio, this is We Was Robbed with Chris Taylor and HG Nelson. And look, um, we're just celebrating Fiji's first gold medal in these games. We can't overemphasise what an achievement it is for a small Pacific Island nation. Uh, often, you know, beset with coups and, you know, political woes. Uh, a country that's generally regarded by the world as, you know, a happy kind of tourist destination, I guess. Very strong in rugby. And I think this could just be the start. I think already we're talking for Tokyo 2020, which is the next Olympic Games. I think they can at least double that medal uh, tally. And I think, well, what other sports would you suggest for the Fijians? Well, excellent question. The hammer. <clears throat> the- <laughs> <laughs> Look, uh, the one thing I would suggest is that they don't go in for equestrian events because equestrian events require a lot of money yeah. and a lot of horses yeah. and a lot of moving around and weird, weird wearing oh. weird clothes. Keep it simple. The hammer, not bad. The shot put maybe as yeah. well. Now, one thing I was going to suggest, though, and this drew why you've raised this question, is the role of um, now in the shooting, for instance, where we did have some success Early in the week, I can see with, Fiji being very strong in shooting with Catherine Skinner uh, winning Aussie the gold. gold. Aussie, Aussie gold. gold. Uh, but Michael Diamond was going to go to the games, but then got into trouble with law. But his um, his lawyer uh, he competed for Fiji in the men's trap competition. Michael but, Diamond's lawyer. Yeah. Now, this is a bit weird. The lawyer that couldn't get him out of jail to go and compete himself in Rio is himself in Rio. Well, I don't shoot. know if Michael's got the best out of his legal fees there. <laughs> now, Isn't cable that an was, extraordinary story? It is. It is uh, well, you, if you want a lawyer, always pick a lawyer that can shoot. That's <laughs> right. Lawyers, guns and money. Now, Cable was on his way to his fourth Olympics. Cable was born, and this is uh, the, the lawyer. lawyer, Glenn Cable, sorry. Glenn Cable's the lawyer, and he's on his way to his fourth Olympics, or he's there. He was born and bred in Australia, but uh, when he lost the appeal to represent our nation in 2000, this is going back a fair way now, the 2000 games were in Sydney, so he couldn't, he lost an appeal to, you know, shoot for Australia. He went to Fiji on business and founded their National Shooting Association and began competing for Fiji at the Olympic level. It's a complicated story. 
He, Has he got some Fijian heritage? Or? I'm not sure. He he's uh, Fiji just open for business for anyone who can't get a Guernsey elsewhere. Well, Jared Hainstyle. <laughs> it does look that way, doesn't it? Anyway, he's uh, obviously fruit and vegetable exporter. Uh, On top well of his as, legal business, as, as well as he's a look. jack of all trades. He shoots. He sells fruit. He he. Serves briefs. <laughs> <laughs> now, in the competition earlier this week, he shot 67 of 75 Beautiful ahead round. of the final 50 targets, obviously, on the following day. Now, What's his speed? Is he a clay pigeon? Is he's he a, a, I think he's a trap shooter, trap. meaning he's the one that fires the bullets, that the targets that explode yeah. pink. Yeah. Um, now, look, he uh, probably spent a little bit of time with the fruit and vegetables and the you know, obviously the law work, he should have been out on the range shooting. All the time. And remember, our number one shooter now is James Willett. And James Willett comes from... In the men's. In the men's, yeah, that's obviously right. Obviously our number one shooter, I think. In the cable yeah, Medal-wise is the, uh, the Skinner. The oh, Skinner sorry, woman, yes, yeah. yes. But no, I'll take your point, actually. Our number one shooter in the men's is uh, James Willett. Now, James Willett, there's a lovely story is he built... An $80,000 shooting range, 100 metres from his back door, in that's where he lives in Mullawa, so he could, um, you know, wander out. Is that far away enough? Oh, the other way round, surely it should be closer. Closer. The 100 yards ruined him. Yeah. He got there exhausted. Yeah, bugger. You know. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but that story I was You should to... be able to shoot from your back porch. Exactly. Yeah. The gun should be there at the back door. You, you step out, bang, 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 bang. come yeah. in. You could do it between ad breaks you in MasterChef. You could even borrow the fruit from the other lawyer. Like, say, so you're using that watermelon. Can I use that as a target? Like, just put it in the trap. Sling a watermelon in the air, bang. That's right. Now, the other great thing, and I can't put my hand on the story quickly enough, but I'll come to it, is the story that he learnt to shoot as part of PE at Corowa High School. What? Now, this is a revelation to me. There was no shooting at my school, HG. (laughs) I don't think they would have trusted half the kids with guns. (laughs) It's just fantastic that he goes to school. Uh, Admittedly, he comes, I think, from uh, an area where shooting's very popular because Catherine Skinner comes from Mansfield, which is not a million miles from Mullawa in Victoria. Shooting capital Uh, of the world. Shooting capital of the world, exactly. Or, you know, trap shooting capital of the world. And he, uh, they belong to gun clubs in the area, obviously. And I think he was uh, talent spotted about at the age of 12. He's 20 now. And the idea that he can continue shooting while he was, oh, here it is here, um, they're, they're, well, let's have a look here. We built a range at home and started shooting at the national championships close and to World Cups. Pretty close. Pretty close to home. Yeah. yeah. I think there was one before he got the $80,000, although I'm not sure what the $80,000 was spent on in a shooting uh, setup. You Emma, probably. Emma, was Emma. <laughs> anyway, he went to the, uh, obviously, the world, got a third in Cyprus this year. Uh, obviously, uh, the World Cup in Rio in April, and a third at another one in Cyprus. It pushed my rankings up to number one in the world. I've been shooting since I was twelve. We did it for Wednesday school sport at Coral High School. The Isn't double trap. The double trap was a bit of a long shot when I first started, uh, but then I started shooting decent scores, and I knew I could make Rio team if I kept shooting well. The um, Russell Mark, the former uh, gold medalist in the comp, said he's a, he's a natural. He's the youngest ever to reach the world number one in that event. He's a real country kid. To meet him, you wouldn't pick him as the world's number one marksman. <laughs> what do you expect the world's number one marksman exactly, to look like? Exactly. What, tats <laughs> or Yeah, missing Truckers team. cap. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Rifle no, dangling off the belt. Yeah. yeah. It's a hell of a competition. Look, I, I love the idea that our schools... Uh, are offering shooting as a discipline, as a sport. I mean, a lot of sp- I think most schools would probably, you know, offer football, cricket, tennis, that kind of thing. 
but shooting. I mean, imagine how. I mean, we're already very strong in shooting at the Olympics. Like Michael Diamond's been a great mm. champion of the sport before he fell off the rails. Uh, Skinner woman this week. At, can you can you do exactly? Is it a year twelve subject you can do for the can HSC? You shoot for the can you HSC. Sh- I'd love to. You think you can? Right. Is that part of the new syllabus that they're talking about bringing in national syllabus shooting? Is going to be part of uh, you know the year twelve if we if that's it, common don't across tell me Australia? Tell it's a more rounded education. I mean, out with Latin, in with shooting. House wreckers, are you doing it tough? Nothing makes housework easier than we was robbed. And this morning we're asking for your suggestions on the text line for what the parents of the Women's Rugby Sevens uh, gold medal winning team should get tattooed onto their bodies. Uh, they've promised uh, as a way of celebrating the, the girls. Bonding. In, in bonding. The, bonding, yeah. Because yeah. it's important for the parents to bond as well as the team. They're all deciding to go off to the local um, tat artist there um, in Rio de Janeiro and uh, get some ink. Adrian sent us a text. He says, I reckon a tattoo of Bruce McAvaney is Christ the Redeemer. That's beautiful. Adrian, I couldn't come up with better than that. Yeah. What would be... Gr- they're, they're already pretty similar. When I look at Christ, I, th- I see Bruce. You know, can I just say, I, this is a bit off topic really, but um, whenever I see um, he, he does a magic bit with Hamish McLaughlin early in the seven coverage, but he's always so, so evangelical about whatever it is he's talking he about in, in Rio. Yeah. He, he's come into his own. Uh, I think this is Rio. Bruce's best games ever. Best games. <laughs> uh, how are you rating Jim Wilson's work? Oh, Jim Wilson, very busy. Very busy. Uh, and remember, of course, he we... likes the word gold. <laughs> what the difficulty here is is that the the poor old presenters are all stuck in some suburb of Sydney. Nowhere near Rio. Nowhere near Rio. No. So they're imagining, yeah. using their imagination as best. And they they're can. on a very wide set. I know. They're having know. a stand for the whole morning, like. The old days they got to sit. Well, that's it. Television doesn't begin unless the presenter sits down. I know. I'm always thinking, oh, he's not going to do anything. That was why people entered TV. It was a lazy man's, you know, industry. Occupation. Yeah, you just sat down and read autocue. Now you've got to stand in and a wide wave shot your hands about. and get excited about Aussies coming forth. <laughs> that's the trick. Uh, look, um, the uh, it's that's a terrific suggestion. If you do have more suggestions, oh four three seven double six five two hundred oh four three seven double six five two hundred. We're also just uh, enjoying the shooting here in Rio. I'd love, I'd love to, um, you know, uh, the uh, tattoo artist to sort of get it wrong when they talk sevens. He puts the seven logo. Ooh. on the uh, parent who comes in and talks about Rugby it, Seven. And something gets lost in translation. You know, obviously the parents may be not able to speak as much Portuguese as they had hoped, especially when it came to tattooing because the subtleties of yeah. language can distort. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yes. I, yeah, well, uh, well um, Bruce McAvaney might even be able to pay the tattoo artist to get some product placement, like get a big Seven logo on the on the right arm, forearm or something well, like that. What would be great is if these then could become part of the Seven coverage. The tattoos that the parents get, you know, I'm not quite sure how it works. Obviously, oh, well, well, currently there's a big annoying what they call a bug or a, a watermark mm-hmm. uh, on on the coverage, big seven logo. But instead of using that graphic of a seven logo, if you just got one of the parents to stand on screen next to Jim Wilson with a big <laughs> seven tattoo on their on with their the torso, rings underneath. yeah, with the yeah, ring, yeah, oh, yeah no, I get a, you'd have to get the rings tattooed as well. Now, of course, this does um, raise the question, uh, Chris, of what happens to successful athletes or unsuccessful athletes after the games. What do they go on to? And, well, is it uh, like uh, horse racing where they just shoot them? 
<laughs> if, wow. if they underperform, I don't think it is. I think no. we look after our Olympians a little bit better than that. We do. Uh, of course, the... I think in Brazil they might shoot them. <laughs> yes, although Brazil, I think, are doing quite well given their home games. They, they, I haven't got right? quite, yeah, I haven't won, got the medal tally but uh, in front of me. But, of course, I've got to point out that Phelps, the nation of Phelps, yes. has more medals than Brazil's ever won in its whole entire Olympic history. Wow. Uh, so that does put it in context. If, if um, you know, Phelps was a nation, he'd be in the top 10 at the moment. I think four gold gets you into the top 10 of nations, and he's got one event to go, I think. Uh, so he could actually be quite a big player yeah. in the overall medal How, What can he do to become a nation? <laughs> like, does he go along to the UN and say, I want to apply for nationhood or statehood? <laughs> can America have a referendum, sort of Brexit style, saying we want Phelps to secede and become his own... State, almost. The state of Phelps. I would did... you need a visa to visit Phelps? You <laughs> <laughs> a passport. Well, one... We'll have it own, in an airport built onto his thigh or something like And people can go on holiday in Phelps. Well, that's, yeah, well, you, maybe a state could change its name by oh, some sort of constitutional mechanism. I've never thought... Wisconsin well, North Carolina. Much, yeah, North Carolina. Well, d- well, d- name. Yeah, couldn't that be... Confusing with South Carolina. Yeah. Just rename North Carolina... Phelps. Phelps. Or North Dakota, South Dakota, I think there's those states, isn't there? There's also those, yeah. Okay, so one of those could become Phelps. And what I like about the idea is is that this might encourage him. Remember, of course, the story that I missed during the week was, of course, that in London, Leclerc, the South African swimmer, beat Phelps after Phelps announced that this was his last Olympics. I think that's how it worked. Leclerc beat him in the last event. In London. And that meant that Phelps would continue on. I'm just wondering if statehood, the Phelps state, which is, let's say, North Carolina, uh, the Phelps state could become uh, the reason why he decides to push on to London. To Tokyo. Oh, sorry, Tokyo. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Well, if he was merely a state, he wouldn't be able to represent Phelps, if you know what I mean, he he does, you'd need to be a America. country, wouldn't you? Need, no, I, I like the idea if he doesn't become just a state, but his own nation, and then he competes in Tokyo under a, you know, you design a flag. I don't know what it'd be like a two big arms, two big arms with some headphones on or something, <laughs> and 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 then he represents Phelps because I don't think he's very patriotic. He's not particularly tied to America. Well, I, I think he could be his own nation. And where is this nation? It is a virtual nation, s- sponsored by Bitcoin, <laughs> supported by Bitcoin. Or is it a real place? Oh, these are the questions. Yeah, no, there's I'd questions. love to hear from listeners on this. So four three seven double six five two hundred. Where is Phelps? And uh, do you want to visit it? Now, now, speaking of what athletes do post-games, um, Magnuson. James Magnuson. Magnuson, who of course was the great white hope for Aussie swimmers in London. It didn't happen for him. He had a disappointing London. How's he gone in Rio? Well, he's got that... Uh, now, this is going to st- stretch my memory back to the start of the games. He's got the medal from the relay. He got a bronze? Bronze, yeah. In the men's 4x1. Four 4x1, by one. Four by one, yeah. that's right. On the second night, I think, of competition. And that's his first Olympic medal? That is his first Olympic medal. So he's, he's, he's meddling. He, he's the podium. trend is good. Yeah, the trend is good. Now, I don't think he's got any more events. No. no. He's, uh, this is, you know, the, the mysteries of Olympians. Uh, he's a, a passionate property developer. Magnuson? Uh, yeah, Magnuson. He, um, he's told wow. his friends he'd love to appear on a lifestyle show like The Block. Uh, but now, first, Magnuson well, knows as he As a needs... regular contestant, or is he waiting for the celebrity edition or something? Oh, or no, I think Just he... a regular Joe. Well, I think the block, the makeover with the block could be now presented by James Magnuson. Oh, he wants to present. Well, I just made that up then. I think that's what I he wants to do. I think he'd be bored presenting. I think he wants to get his hands dirty and, and build and something, renovate a bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> now, he said he knows he's uh, got to get match fit first. For the block? Uh, for the block. Wait a minute. So the team spokesman said, I asked him, this is Ian Hansen, I asked him what he was going to do when he gets back to Australia. And he said, you know what? I'm going to try uh, to book in to film and television school to improve my presenting and acting skills. Wow. So that gives you an idea of how yeah, far he's focused, ahead he's isn't thinking. He? He's focused. I think, if, if I'm right, he's done a couple of ads. I think he did a, some Commonwealth Bank work uh, during the CAN campaign for the, that coincided with the London Olympics, and he was a bit ropey. Right. Oh. He, yeah. No, he could, he could he could develop some skills in that area because I, you know, I'm, he, he's not Lawrence Olivier yet. He's no Scott Cam. <laughs> <laughs> We Was Robbed is the siren sound of success here on Kindling Kids Radio. Now, I'd share a lot of uh, listeners, young listeners to the program, listen to us and sort of say, how can I get into broadcasting? And also still play sport at the same time. And the answer is, uh, you can do both. You can um, you can be in the media and still play sport as part of the Community Cup, yes. which is an annual uh, sporting contest between musicians and, I guess, community radio broadcasters. Or the media. Or any, any, any media, yeah. any media broadcasters. And uh, we're going to be talking about that very shortly on the program. Uh, so stick around for that about how you can be both a broadcaster and an athlete. It's a dream come true. It's a double whammy of goodness. <laughs> uh, so I thought you were going to head somewhere else there. But uh, with the kids, I think, uh, also watching the Olympics this week would have been taken very much by the green pool uh, in the diving area. And then it moved. The green pool moved on. To the water polo pool. That's right. And I'm... You know, did you think, hello, somebody's been taking something here, very popular to relieve yourselves in the pool, mm. uh, when you go swimming uh, or playing water sports, um, did you think, hello, something untowards happened here, given that, uh, you know, often the telltale relieving signs indicate yeah. you've been at it in other directions? Especially in the stress of competing <laughs> in a dive. When, like, it's almost the relief of landing a, a perfect bubble entry in the diving, and often that relief is expressed in a little... A trickle. Little, a little trickle. <laughs> uh, no, I, I didn't. My first instinct was, uh, well, is it this mysterious? And I thought, Rio, which has otherwise just been an impeccably organised games, everything's just gone so right. And I thought, oh, yes, the pool turned sorry. green. Yeah. And, you know, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a, an event that's so televisual, you know, global broadcasts all around the world, visual matters. Um, you know, if, if something, you know, there's a, there's a stray sound or, you know, some of the paperwork behind the scenes gets a bit wrong, you know, no one really sees that. But when you're watching the diving and the pool turns green between the beginning of the dive and the end of the dive, then you, you can't miss that. No. And suddenly you think, hang on, is, is this whole game's about to turn green? No, hang and on. And not in the environmental sense that the, uh, oh, the, the ceremony. ceremony wanted to promote. Or, or is that what's going on? Is the, uh, is the artistic director, oh. the City of God director, Morales, I think his name is, as he somehow subliminally got involved in the Aquatic Centre and just letting um, some green colour dye into the water just to promote his green message. Now, look, you're absolutely right there. The games have gone incredibly well. Yeah. Uh, and this could be a talking point, the green pool, as you point out. They, could it be a deliberate? Could it be a mistake? Could it be something that's in the plant? Could does it, it be, matter? Does it matter? It's got people talking about diving. Indeed. That doesn't matter. <laughs> talking about diving. Now, the other thing, of course, is, is that, uh, uh, you know, the games, the, the Cold War, 
that seemed to erupt early on amongst the swimmers has continued today. And uh, I suppose you'd have to say it's disappointing that athletes seem now, after Mac Horton came out and seemed to do a sledge against the Chinese opponents, uh, Sun Yang. Sun Yang. It's been taken up as a more on a... How would I put it? Instead of a sporting sledge, it's become a political position by everybody now in various yeah. things. And today, there's accusations flying around about a uh, African runner who's recorded an incredible time in a heat, I think, of the 10,000 metres. Mm. Uh, so this war of words where... Obviously, the athletes who feel as though they have the right or are in a position to make comments about other people's behaviour getting to the Olympics, mm. this has sort of cast a bit of a pall over the game. So the green pool has come along and, for my mind, relieved, yes. if I can coin a phrase, yeah. the pressure from athletes who can now go around and bag athletes, willy, other athletes here willy-nilly. You think that was a strategy on Rio's part where there was too much ugly talk around the pool, ugly talk, too much ugly pointing pressure. of fingers and innuendo about who's on the gear and who's not. They said, quickly, we need a distraction. Bring out the green dye. <laughs> now, <laughs> look, the Rio organisers, HG, uh, have assured all competitors in the diving and the water polo that the water is safe, Yeah, it's unharmful, it's pure, and I'm not sure I'm buying that. I... Uh, <laughs> uh, is it... I mean, there's also talk it might spread to the, uh, the main pool. Is, is there? there? Yeah, there is. There is, because it's it's sort of... All if, on the one system. If you study the migration of the green, <laughs> it started in the diving pool, it's migrated to the water polo pool, and the next pool in line, is if I've main... got my geography of Rio right, is the main aquatic pool that uh, Mac Horton will be competing for gold in, uh, in the 1500 very shortly. So, I don't know if green will slow down the times. Rio says it's not a, a slowing agent, they say the water's <laughs> fine, but again, I just don't... I, what do you think about swimmers in no, the main look, pool oh. swimming through the green? Because it looks like algae, doesn't it? Well, can I point out that Ryan Lochte's hair looks weird? That's weird at the best of times. <laughs> weird at the best of times. Could only be improved by a bit of green in there. <laughs> that's right. Um, look, I just hope that's not the case. Mm. Uh, and if, mean, if the pool, what next? Like, right, in the, is the track going to be green? Well, remember, is the judo mat going to be green? Is the velodrome going to be green? Well, How green can these games get? Look, can I point out also that last week we talked about the hazards on the golf uh, course, be the capybaras oh, the and the and the animals, the alligators, the alligators. Now, very green uh, alligators. Yeah, it's very green alligators in very green water on the golf course. I mean, I suppose that's where it ends up. Uh, in golf, in has <laughs> so many things to do. Look, it. I haven't um, been drinking the tap water here, but is that green? Like, well, I've, I haven't. I've been seeing people drink cocktails at some of the bars at night, and they've got green ice cubes in. <laughs> oh, that wouldn't surprise the me. The coffee's a slight green, mm. green tinge in the mm. coffee. But it is an excellent talking point, and I've got to say is that uh, apart from that, haven't they gone off an absolute trick? Sure, um, there's um, best the, games ever. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Tropical Cold War, all yeah. that sort of stuff aside, and it's wrong. I think of. I did see some comments from our. Our boss, John Coates, uh, there uh, last night, I think it was, about how difficult it was in Rio. I, look, I've got to say is I've found none of the problems that he suggested at all. Sure, the Green Pool is yeah. a talking point, and I think that's deliberate now with your yeah. comments on the behalf yeah. of the organisers. But, uh, you know, transport, getting around, starting times, it all seemed to have gone tickety-boo. Yep. Gold medals are presented. Yep. Uh, green medals know. have been presented. <laughs> <laughs> and people forget, like, there's worse colours than green. That's Imagine right. if the pool was brown. <laughs> 
This is the magician's double act. Chris Taylor and H.G. Nielsen pulling a rabbit from the hat, a six from the bat, while inking a heart-shaped hat on We Was Robbed. Maybe Michelle Payne could um, put together an audition tape for the circus. What a lovely idea for uh, the fruit She might be a bit old show. for the fruit fly oh, circus, yeah, but if uh, jockeys look young. And and she's got an incredible track record to coin a phrase, and great tricks. Great tricks. Great tricks. Now, look, one small thing we should finish on, because this is an APB we're putting out here, is that champion surfer Kelly Slater has employed his social media clout uh, to try and find some surfboards that belong to Michael Diamond, known as Michael Mike D, uh, rapper for the Beastie Boys. Up to 20 surfboards, some worth over a 1000 bucks, were stolen earlier this week. The Beastie but, Boys have had their boards stolen? Yeah, the Beastie oh, Boys are boardless. What a, what's become of the world? Well, well you're stealing mm, the surfboards from a white rapper. The uh, post from, um, you know, Kelly was quickly picked up by TMZ. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's face it, he's, uh, Kelly's got about uh, 1.7 million followers. So they asked to keep a look out around LA and Malibu and send me or anyone tagged here a DM if you have any info on these boards. What sort of board should we be looking for? Well, because I'm, I'm not ruling out that they've travelled to Australia. The black market for boards. It's huge. Uh, you know, if you had anything, you know, um, early uh, Bob McTavish boards, mm. if you had anything by Bing, uh, if you had something that Greg Knoll had ridden in the old days and somehow ended up in the Beastie Boys locker, uh, <laughs> look, this is just terrific. Uh, I like these boards. In fact, I'll be happy to pay a, a, a buy a couple back, whoever did it. Uh, on the side. They're pretty cool, these boards. Is the this posters, Slater or Mickey D? I think that's Slater talking yeah. there. Happy to help out Mickey D. The post has since amassed over 20,000 likes and 250 comments, though no one's turned up the boards. Diamond, who grew up in New York, uh, said he turned to surfing later in life and finds it to be one of the few things that demands the attention outside music. Right. So They don't, they don't rap about surfing much. No, they don't. I mean, don't. when you think surfing, you think Beach Boys. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if Brian Wilson had a few, but we probably. I think it wasn't the great irony of the Beach Boys that they weren't interested in surfing. Hey, not the slightest. Not remotely. Whereas, whereas, the, whereas the rap uh, yeah. artists, the, the Beastie Boys, mad for surfing. Mm. Is mm. there. I've, I just want to posit a theory here, HG. You often get a lot of um, what I call sort of rapper wars. Rapper wars, yes. In, in oh, that genre. Yeah, Is wow, there like. Yeah. Could this be like Jay Z or something, or like Kanye? Dishing or dissing the... Uh... Yeah, kind of, because I think there's always been a little bit of resentment towards the Beastie Boys, because they're very white, obviously, and it's a genre traditionally... Uh, controlled. Controlled by African-Americans. Yeah. So maybe they so oh, we'll show them. We'll nick their we'll, boards. We'll nick their boards. Wouldn't that be lovely? <laughs> they are all end up in Beyonce's place or something they like that. They probably will be. They'll turn up in the next video clip for Jay-Z. <laughs> Being burnt. A bit of bling. Like the next Grammys, someone will just come around with a massive necklace around their chain with a board hanging off it. Go, take that, Michael Diamond. Did it, Michael Diamond? Did, uh, it, uh, Diamond, yeah. Yes, yeah, so, but not quite in the... East. the Michael shoot. Diamond, but the uh, uh, rapper, not the shooter. Wow. Mm. Although well, Michael Diamond... Well, is there a, Could Michael Diamond be... The thief. Well, I well he's that. had some run-ins with the law lately. Is he, he now stealing boards well, <laughs> from his namesake? I, I was going in a different direction right. there. He could be seconded to the posse that uh, Kelly Slater's putting together to oh. chase down these boards. He could arm the posse. And what's uh, what's his detective skills like here, Michael Kelly Diamond. Slater's? Kelly Slater's. Yeah, Kelly Slater's. You well, know, is he, he doing enough? He runs like, on the board yeah. and, you know, just using his social media clout seems to be a bit lame. Lazy. Shouldn't he be bailing up? 
people suspects and looking at CCTV footage and opening a detective agency. <laughs> Slater and Sons. No crime goes unsolved. Well, Slater and Diamond, at least. Slater and Diamond. Yeah. Well, look, I I don't even know his connection with the Beastie Boys. Is he he a fan of their music? He he, is. Or is he just just such a passionate advocator of surf surf and surfboard ownership that he just feels a, a kindred link to the cause? Look, I've got to go home and research that. I've got no idea of what his relationship to, uh, you know, e- either way is, whether Michael Diamond, obviously, uh, the, the, the the rapper, probably identifies with Kelly Slater as a surfer yeah. because he's in the caper as well. I understand no Diamond being interested in Slater. I don't understand Slater being interested in Diamond. No, that's right. Well, yeah, no, that's a good question. Unless he's, um, you know, unless their paths have crossed in the world of show. Maybe. Mm. It's possible. It is possible. Well, we'll leave that uh, tantalising thought dangling uh, for you, Robbers. If you see any of uh, their Beastie Boys surfboards throughout the week, go to the uh, the Kindling website, kindling.com.au, and you can always drop us a line and any suggestions and things you'd like us to talk about on the show. But that is it for another week. On behalf of HG Nelson and myself, it's been an absolute pleasure to have your company. Enjoy week two, two of Rio, and we'll be back at the card table same time next week. Bye now. That's it for this week, Robbers. The boys will be back next Saturday from 8am. Remember, you can relive all the action by heading to our website, kindling.com.au.